Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for November 19, 2019. I am Michael Bayer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, a plan in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who shall rule with him in the government to be established. Before I go any further, as I often do, I want to encourage you to like our page, to share with your family and friends. And also, if you see a bell icon or notification icon at the bottom there, I'd like you to go ahead and click on it. If you hit on the bell icon, you should receive notifications every time we upload new videos. I also want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel. Also, if you'd like to support us, you can visit our website, which is www.templeoftruth.us, or you can go to patreon.com, that's patreon.com, and search for our handle, Emerging Temple, and that way you'll be able to support our ministry and help us take this word across the world. Okay. Um, we, in the last few days, we've been talking about, we've been in the, the subject of eschatology, but in particularly the end times as it relates to the church of God, what we refer to as the temple, the body of Christ. And um, today I thought maybe we should drill a bit deeper into some, um, some understanding of exactly how, as at this moment we can see, exactly what the end times will be like, what um, would come after the tribulation. We, we spoke about, you know, the fact that there's coming a trial upon the whole earth, whether believer or non-believer, that we're all going to go through a time of great tribulation, that there's going to be a lot of hardship, there's going to be unfortunately a lot of death. And we began to talk about how we encourage us to begin to do what is in our power, to be able to provide sustenance for our families during this period of, of hardship. I dare to put out a number out there, which is not always a wise thing to do, but from what we have gathered in scriptures, 42 months, uh, 1,260 days, three and a half years, we presume that this great tribulation will last at least three and a half years. So the Christians and the believers out there, you know, you, you need to at least begin to plan for some way to be self-sufficient for at least three and a half years, assuming you survive the catastrophe that is to come upon the earth, okay? And so, but today, we want to look at, you know, what will happen to the players? What's going to happen to all of us, everybody? What's going to happen at this end time? And what will be the reward for those of us who endure to the end? Remember, Christ said, um, he that occupies, he, he that overcomes, shall he give to sit with him. And he said to his servants, he says, occupy till I come. Okay. So today we're going to do a little Bible study. Okay. We're going to begin with the book of the Revelation. And we're going to look and find the difference between the bottomless pit, where some people are sent to, hell, where others are sent to, and the lake of fire, where even yet others are sent to. So that's what? The bottomless pit hell, and the lake of fire. And we need to understand that these three places mentioned in the scriptures are not the same place, okay? So we're going to, we're going to see that God willing before the end of this broadcast. This is not to frighten anybody or to, you know, you know that, that's not what the purpose of this is. The purpose of this is for us to understand that there is such a destination that is there and you and I 
by faith in Jesus Christ, we are now being saved from this. But that doesn't mean we've been saved from the tribulation that is to come, because the tribulation that is to come might act as a seducer to one of these three places. Okay, so why don't we study the book of Revelation? We'll go to Revelation chapter 20, and we'll take it from verse 1. Revelation chapter 20, we'll take it from verse 1, okay? Now, from verse 1, Revelation chapter 20 says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit. Now, take note, this place is called the bottomless pit, not hell and not the lake of fire and a great chain in his hand. And he held, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So this is a place you can actually go into and come out of, okay? It's, you don't have to stay there permanently. So this is a place where Satan is taken into, you know, for uh, a period of time. Now, remember earlier, if you, maybe you don't know, but... In the earlier chapters, we had seen where it said um, the beast and the false prophet were cast into the bottomless pit. Okay? All right. So so this, this bottomless pit is a place where both spirits and beings, human beings, can be thrown into. Okay? But that doesn't mean you will stay there permanently. Okay? You could actually be in this life and be in the bottomless pit. Okay? But that's, I don't want to go too far into that. We'll just hold on to that. Okay? Now... Verse 3 says, And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, until the thousand years will be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Okay? So Satan is bound for a thousand years, and during this thousand year period of time, the man-child who you and I looked at and studied last week, the man-child will be ruling on earth during this 1,000-year reign of Christ. But after the 1,000-year reign is over, Satan shall be loose for a season. Okay, in verse 4, he said, it says, And I saw thrones, plural. I want you to understand that it's plural. Not one throne, but thrones. And they that sat on them, and, and they that sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, nor, I'm sorry, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, okay? But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection, okay? So here it's telling us that there's a select group of people who come forth out of the graves, those people, many of who have already died, they come out and join with those of us who are alive, and we rule for a thousand years, okay? But the others who have died do not obtain this, okay? Do not obtain this. Now, in a future video, I'm going to go deeper into these things because among those who do not resurrect in this first resurrection are also Christians, okay? And we'll see that later on, they will resurrect and they will be saved. But this is a select group of people whom the scriptures refers to as the elect or the sons of God. All right? So let's continue. Verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his 
prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, and gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So now you notice the battle of Gog and Magog, which a lot of Christians and a lot of Muslims and a lot of um, Jews know about, is not going to happen until after the thousand years is over. So it's not any time right now. What will happen at this period of time is what's referred to as the war of Armageddon. Okay? Just as an aside. Verse 9. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and they compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Okay? You remember yesterday we looked when Joseph said that Jerusalem shall be surrounded by armies. Remember when we, we talked about that and we said, don't be thinking about, you know, physical Jerusalem somewhere in the Middle East and, you know, our armies from Russia, China and all of that. We said, look, that's possible, but that's really not what Jesus was referring to. Okay? All right. Verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the beast and the false, false prophet are it right now in the bottomless pit. Okay? Well, not now as we speak, but as at the time when this scripture is actually referring to, which is sometime in the future, okay? Verse 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Notice in the first throne we saw was, a. he said, I saw thrones, plural. Here he's seen only one throne. He calls it the great white throne. So in the other place, the people who are sitting on those thrones are the Christians who have overcome. And judgment is given to them to rule the earth for a thousand years. After the thousand years is over, you'd have expected that people would have said, oh man, oh, look how everything is so good. The economy is so good. There's righteousness everywhere. And they will say, oh no, we don't want this thousand years to be over. We want you Christians to continue ruling us. No, they don't do that. Instead, they come against us. Okay, that's what you're seeing. And then at this point, God himself comes to judge. All right? Verse 12. Say, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Now remember, those people who we saw judging, they're not among the people who are about, about to be judged because they're rulers. Okay? And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. So, books here represents the life of each individual. Okay? The life of each individual. But there's another book that is open, which is the life of Christ. Okay? Verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So you see here that hell is being put into the lake of fire. So you see the bottomless pit, you've seen hell, and now you see the lake of fire. Okay? Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book, not in the books, but in the book, in one particular book, one particular man's life story, okay, their life didn't conform to this man's life. They were not found in this book. They were not found in this man. Whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, 
Okay? Okay. So this is a summary of what we've looked at. That there is a bottomless pit, a place of restraint that we can be thrown into. And I dare say, both physically and spiritually. And once we're in this place, we're limited in the damage we can do. But we can still come out of this place if God so wills for us to come out of that place. That's called the bottomless pit. And we see that the false prophet, okay, and the, and the beast, okay, who are going to come and deceive the world, okay, they're going to be thrown in there. And later on, Satan is going to be thrown in there. Okay? We also see that at the end of time, that a, a group of people are going to be given a judgment to rule upon the earth. That's why we saw plural thrones. We saw multiple thrones where they're given places to rule. Like Jesus said, he will give his servants cities to rule. Okay? Then we also saw that even after they rule justly for a thousand years and the economy of the world is good and everything is going fine, still after a thousand years, human beings are still going to rebel against us. Okay? But after the thousand years is over and people want to rebel against us, God will come himself and say, you know what? That's it. Time has come now for me. I've given these guys enough opportunity. I've given the world enough time for it to be the way I wanted it to be in the natural. It's afterwards when he does his judgment, and we didn't read this, but afterwards when he does his judgment, only then will he bring in what the scriptures refer to as the new heavens and the new earth. There will be no new heavens and new earth during the thousand-year reign of Christ. It will be this world, okay, but a better world, a world in which there's righteousness, a world in which there's peace, a world in which you're able to go to any neighborhood and feel safe at any time, a world in which there'll be no racism, a world in which there'll be no oppression, a world in which there'll be no wars, okay? But it will be for a thousand years. But after the thousand years is over, Satan's going to be loosed again to come into people, to cause people to begin to murmur, to deceive people the way he came into Eve, to deceive Eve. All right? So I'm hoping you're getting the general synopsis, the general picture, okay, of what the end time is going to look like. And remember what I said. If you have questions, please write us. Write us through our Facebook page. Write us through YouTube in the comment sections. And even go to our website, send an email. I'm more than glad, we're more than glad to respond to you, to respond to your questions, okay? Now, let's take a look at and see if Jesus himself mentioned anything about the bottomless pit. We know he spoke about hell a lot, okay? And so we're going to take a look now in scriptures and see if we can see a difference between the bottomless pit and hell, okay? So let's, let's begin with, um, let's begin with Matthew... Chapter twenty. Let's begin. With, let's begin with Luke. Luke chapter sixteen. Luke chapter sixteen. Okay, so we'll take from verse nineteen, I think, to thirty-one. All right, Matthew chapter. Sorry, I start again. Luke chapter sixteen, from verse nineteen to thirty-one. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple. And this is Jesus speaking. I'll start again. Verse nineteen. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and furred sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died 
and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Notice the rich man wasn't carried, he was buried. Verse 23, and in hell, the rich man lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest the good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would, that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, then the rich man said to Father Abraham, I pray thee, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, that's Jesus, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Okay, I want us to take a look real quick. Okay. Um, verse, good. We'll look at um, verse 22. And it came to, 22 and 23, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was burned. Verse, I apologize, and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Verse 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Friends, did you notice something? The flame and the fire wasn't around the rich man. The flame and the fire was inside the rich man. Okay? That is hell. A place of uncontrollable passion and desires and unable to satisfy them. And those passions burn. And the water he was asking that Abraham should send is the water of life. The water of life you can only get from Jesus Christ. He wasn't talking about natural water. You and I drink natural water, we still thirst after that. But Jesus said there's a water he can give us. And whoever, in the, I think it's in the book of John chapter 4, it says there's a water he can give us, and whoever drinks of that water will never thirst again. Well, I've drank of that water, and I promise you, I know I'll never thirst again. Can you say the same? Not because of any good deeds that I've done, not because I'm doing these broadcasts, no. In fact, I'm doing these broadcasts because I've drank from that water. Okay? And you can see here, that the rich man was in hell, according to the Bible. Well, where was hell? Hell was burning in him. Okay? And you saw in the book of Revelation where it said at the end of time, death and hell would be cast into the lake of fire. Okay? So let's not confuse hell and the lake of fire anymore. 
The lake of fire is a place people are going to be thrown into. Hell is a fire that burns within people. Okay? All right. So let's look at the outer darkness. We, we spoke about the outer darkness. We spoke about hell. And then we spoke about the, um, the lake of fire. So let's look into the book of Matthew. We'll just take two examples from the book of Matthew. Okay? Go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. So Matthew chapter 8, when we take it from verse 12, this is Jesus speaking. He says, uh, let's, no, let's take it from verse 11. Let's, uh, I think verse 11. Matthew chapter 8, verse, yeah, from verse 11. It says, And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said, okay, uh, there shall be wish, uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, that's verse 12. Okay, you notice it says, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. Well, what is this outer darkness? Okay. This is where a person who had the opportunity to believe this gospel of the kingdom that we speak who had the opportunity, who heard this message, okay, and didn't take it with the fervency that it requires, that is the condition that that person is going to be, okay? Now, like I said, this is a short broadcast, but I can go deeper into explanation of these things. If you will write to me, I will certainly respond so we can go through much, much deeper uh, scriptures, okay? All right, so let's look at one last scripture in which Jesus again mentions the outer darkness, okay? So we'll look at um, Matthew 22. Okay, so in Matthew 22 here, Jesus is talking about a, a man who made a feast for his son, and he invited many people. The invitation is the gospel of Christ. He said, but the people who he had invited, the people who said they were Christians, who had received the good news of salvation, who knew that Jesus was going to come again. At the time when Jesus was about to come, the, the master began to send out his people. The king began to send out his people to say, listen, remember that thing we, you were told that Jesus is coming? Well, the time is about right. The time is about now. But these people, the Bible says, they all had one excuse after another. You know, they were busy in church. You know, they were doing this for the church. They were doing that. But they wouldn't come to the message that God was bringing at the time of the coming of the Christ, just before the thousand-year reign of Christ. Okay, verse 8, Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. This is those who were Christians, who knew that there was coming a time that Christ would return. They have the invitation card. You have the invitation card. And now you're hearing this gospel and this message, and this message is telling you that invitation card that you have in your hand that makes you a born-again Christian, the time has come that you're going to have to use it. Believe the message that we are bringing forth and walk in what we are showing you, and you shall make it. Okay, verse 9. Go ye therefore into the highways and the byways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. 
So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good. That's born again or not born again, okay? And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou thither, if thou in hither, hither, not having a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Okay? Now, what do we see here? That the man sent his servants to go and tell those who had been invited for his son's wedding that the wedding was ready, was about to happen. These guys who had RSVP'd told the servants, oh, I can't come now. I just bought land. I need to go see it. Another one said, oh, I just married a wife. Another one said, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. Friends, he's talking about believers. He's talking about believers. And so when the servants came back to the master and said, look, these people are not responding to the call. The master said, you know what? I can't allow all my food to go to waste. I can't allow all this. Just go out and get anybody, anybody who will believe. I don't care where they are, Muslim, Hindu, uh, unbeliever, uh, drunk, whatever. Just get them in here. Take this kingdom message to them. Take this word to them. Whoever believes, bring them as they are. And that's what we're doing right now. And many of you who are Christians and who claim to be born again, you are going to be locked out of the kingdom because you have refused to believe what we're saying. You have chosen to stay in the old way that is past. I don't mean this to speak rudely. I don't mean this to speak like I'm some kind of lord over anybody. No, I'm just giving you the truth of the gospel. Who do you think he's referring to? Who refused to come for the wedding feast? Remember the book of Revelation tells us that at the end, that the wedding feast of the Lamb will be held. Don't deceive yourself. It's talking about you, the Christian, you, the believer, who has refused to believe this message that people like myself are bringing at this hour and at this time. You refuse to support it. You refuse to spread it. You refuse, worst of all, to believe it. And that's who he's talking about. He says that they shall be cast into outer darkness. Now, among those of us who have believed and who will come in to the wedding, hey, you got to make sure you have the right garment on. He said, friend, the man said, how did you get in here when you don't have the right garment? Friends, let me tell you what the garment represents in scripture. It represents character. I say it again. The man did not have the right character. And what we need to begin to work on right now, for those of us who have come to believe, is our character. That's your clothing. Your clothing represents your character. Okay? You just can't be the same. There needs to be change in your character. 
and we're talking about your spiritual character, not just talking about your moral character, but about your spiritual character and your moral character. We're not talking about whether you laugh a lot or you know what that's or whether you play video. That's not what we're talking about. God will give you wisdom, but the word there is character. He didn't have the right character, and he had to be cast back out into outer darkness. Friends, we've gone further today into eschatology, into the end times, and into getting you and I to be prepared for what Jesus is expecting from us in these last days, for us to be found worthy to rule with him in a government that he shall establish. As we go on, God willing, we will go into the Old Testament, we'll go into the Gospels, we'll go into the other parts of the New Testament, and we'll get more clarity so that we can sharpen ourselves and be more prepared so that at the sound of the trump, we'll be ready. At the sound of the, the where, we, where we shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be ready. And that time is soon, friends. Wherever you are, no matter what you're going through, remember what Jesus told us yesterday, what we read yesterday. He says, not a strand of your hair shall be harmed. Okay? It's all good. Everything is working for your good. No matter what it seems like at this moment in time, you think God has abandoned you. You think, you know, you're all on your own. Listen, that's the program. Okay? If people have turned against you, that's part of the program. Don't turn against them. Okay? You don't need them. They need you. And always remember that. God's counting on you. Stay, stay strong. Stay in the faith. And share this message with your friends and your family. Remember what I said? You can go to Facebook. Click on our, look for our handle, Emerging Temple. And you can correspond with us there. Or in the comment section here, please be kind. Please be nice. And mind your language. And ask any questions. And if you have any um things you want to share there, you want to elaborate on some of these things, please go ahead and do that, okay? Do not fail to hit the notification bell, and please do not fail to log into your YouTube account and subscribe to our channel, okay? We need that. And if you would love to support us, please do by going to patreon.com and looking for our handle Emerging Temple or going straight to our website, templeoftruth.us, where you can support us as you will, all right? Thank you so much for your time. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Do not fail to share, 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 share this video. God bless you. Thank you.